thank you so much, praise team, for ministering this morning and leading us in a wonderful time of worship. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Anybody love Jesus Christ today? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. 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 I don't know what it is. The Holy Ghost always seems to operate in this form or fashion. I don't know if it's coincidence or Holy Ghost, but every time I come up here, we're in the middle of this this, this changing uh, thing that happens culturally. Uh, this changing thing that happens culturally. Um, like many of us in the room, uh, we wouldn't have known that the Academy Awards were happening last Sunday night if we had not heard about an actor walking up and slapping the host. You know, it's, and I tell you, I tell you, something come over me when I realized something. You, you can be at the height of popularity for the majority of your adult life, from the time of your teen years through your adult life. But if you ain't got Jesus, you ain't got nothing. If you ain't got Jesus, you ain't got nothing. Amen? You, you may only have $1,000 or less in your bank account, but if you have Jesus, that's all you need. Amen? All praise God. We here today can rejoice not in riches of this earth or in silver or gold, but we can rejoice in Jesus. Amen. Is anybody glad to have Jesus this morning? Praise God. You glad to have Jesus on your side, on the winning side. Praise God. We on the winning side. I could just run through all those fundamental sermons this morning about, you know, the same God celebrities stand in front of is the same God we're going to stand in front of. He looks at us in the same value and in the same validity. But it's so good to know Jesus Christ. We appreciate you all so very much. I always am thankful to get to stand at this pulpit and get to deliver the word of God. Um, I am one of those, and I couldn't agree more, that if a preacher is called to preach, somebody is called to preach, they need to be excited about preaching the word of God. Amen. If you're called to do anything, you should be have a heart of anticipation, a heart of getting ready. Amen. If you're called to cut the grass, you're going to be excited to cut the grass. Frankly, I have seen people who are excited to cut the grass. And I've seen people that are excited because I've seen people in ministry that it's like I think the season has shifted a little bit and you can just kind of see the kind of the, the, the Debbie Downer way they get in that perspective. But I don't know about you. I want to be excited about doing the Lord's work. I want to be excited about doing the Lord's work. Amen. Oh, let me tell you something. This, this, we're right in the, the height of that historic occasion, the, the, right at the end of March Madness. And there's people jumping up and down all over, all over their living rooms this week because I, I love watching March Madness because it's kind of like the unpredictability of it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm not, I'm not a basketball fan at all, but there's an unpredictable excitement about it. Doesn't that talk about our relationship with Jesus? Christ that there's an unpredictable excitement I can't wait to see what God is going to do and in the next couple of weeks we're probably going to see one happen one of the greatest times of evangelism and sharing the gospel resurrection Sunday please cover that Sunday in prayer like crazy cover it in prayer pastor has shared with me a little bit as to what he's going to share on and you don't want to miss it you want to get your unsure 
unchurched friends here. You want to get your unsaved friends here. You want to get them here to hear the gospel message. And we're going to preach the gospel message in children's ministries that day. I'm believing for old souls and I'm believing for young ones too that day. I believe in all generations be saved and come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Let's get into the word this morning. If you would go with me to the book of Joshua chapter 7, I'd like to read as a text uh, starting at verse 1. I feel ill-prepared. I don't feel like a fundamental preacher today because I do not have any humor for you while you're turning to your Bible verses. I was trained better than that. You're always supposed to have something humorous to say at the beginning of your messages. Amen. Joshua. Chapter 7, beginning at verse 1. I'd like to read as a text uh, through verse 5, if we could, this morning. It's in the New King James Version Bible. It says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took the accursed things, so the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out at Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the weary people, do not let all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. Being someone of the age I am, I'll let you go ahead and confess it when I say AI and you read that. Anybody think an artificial intelligence in the house? <laughs> artificial intelligence, the, the, the age of science fiction and aliens. Artificial intelligence. So about 3,000 men went up from the people, but they fled before the men of AI. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Sherebim, Shebarim, and struck them down on the descent. Therefore the hearts of the people hmm, melted and became like water. The hearts of the people melted and became like water. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I just I thank you so much for such liberty and worship in the house today, God. I thank you, God, that 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 you always you you hear our worship, Lord. You hear us, and we stand here on this earth unworthy, God. I pray that you would, your word is already anointed, but that you would use and anoint your messenger. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says. 
Have you ever noticed a tendency that we have as uh, the day and age that we live in when it comes down to reading Scripture? Have you ever noticed that we have this tendency to get into the Word of God and we look at it as an episode-by-episode event? We look at it in an individual story basis. You know, I've noticed a trend in television here recently in the day where it's not so much about just turning on a television at a certain time and that's when it comes on, but now we've got technologies. We can watch something that aired two years ago and we can watch it in complete and total order. I mean, this generation does not know does not know the suffering of what Steve Urkel is going to do on Friday night. They got it right there at their fingertips. Can I have an amen in the house? Or or I could even go further back and say this generation doesn't understand that maybe you're going to get the ball game, maybe you're not. You got to hopefully the antenna is going to give you a good signal that day. Oh, my goodness. You know, my wife and I do not have cable television. We have an antenna. And surprising, uh, right now you can get like 20 channels on an antenna. Oh, it blows my mind. And what was so funny is when we first moved into our house, we had bought this television, this smart TV, and we were going to get stuff on it. But we're like, hey, we don't have to pay a TV bill here. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're a smart TV people, but we don't have anything smart about our TV. But there's something about the day and age that we live in right in this very hour. If you've noticed something with television shows, it is looked at not in an episode-by-episode basis. In fact, if you try to watch a television show about three shows into a season, you've completely lost the story. And I think they do that because they know people have television uh, internet-wise and stream-wise right at their fingertips that they can keep watching episodes in a chronological order. Um, I want to take a moment and encourage you to read the Word of God in that type of basis. Not to look at the Word of God in just an episode-by-episode basis, but look at it as a journey. Look at it as as a journey in Scripture because you will find that there is so much revelation with the way the stories come together and they begin to mesh together and one feeds off the other. You have here in the book of Joshua in the 7th chapter, you have a situation where they are riding on the celebration of of a great victory that had happened in a fortified city called Jericho. I mean, they had literally just had the big celebration of Jericho. They had had the journey. They had followed all the Lord's orders and all the Lord's commands, and they had had this triumph, This the great walls of this city fell down right in front of their faces. They had this Sunday school lesson. I mean, they had this thing happen where songs were going to be written about it and five-year-olds thousands of years later are going to be able to tell the story of the great walls of Jericho falling. I don't know if it's the children's preacher inside of me. I want us to all sing, Josh fit the bat around Jericho, around Jericho. Oh, y'all miss it. Y'all ain't no fun. Oh, 
I mean, the great city has fallen right in front of their face. And little did Brother Joshua know at that time that spiky-haired, purple-suit-wearing 19-year-old evangelists are going to preach on the walls of Jericho, falling left and right. And there were going to be brothers and sisters celebrating like crazy when they got to the part where the church shouted. Has anybody ever been in a service where the preacher said, we're going to do a Jericho march? Anybody, that it would become the Pentecostal phenomenon known as when we start feeling a little victory in the house, that they would just start marching and marching around. I mean, I was, I was a young man. I had interviewed at this church one time to possibly become their pastor, and we had had an awesome time in the Lord. I sat at the piano, and I started playing something, and all of a sudden I looked up, and the whole church is walking around the sanctuary. I had never had a Jericho march break down. Does anybody know? the victory of a Jericho march it's because when testimonies begin to go out and they just start walking around the sanctuary they just started feeling good but here this miracle, this phenomenal miracle had happened in the word of God. There's so much revelation in the story, in the account of Jericho happening. One, you've got a situation where the Bible says nobody went in and nobody came out. There was a barring up, there was a fortified mentality of this city. Doesn't the enemy want to make us think that we have no power through the walls he has built? You ever notice that? The enemy wants to make us think we have no ways. And he wants to make us think the more active the church is, the more powerful he is. But I want to stop for just a moment and let you know the enemy is not fortifying himself because he thinks he's powerful. The enemy is fortifying himself because he's afraid of the church right now. The enemy is fearful of the church. And what had happened was people had heard about victory that the children of Israel had experienced. And in fact, that's why they said they fortified the city because of the children of Israel. And here this great fortress of a wall was built and nobody was able to touch it. Nobody was able to attack it. Oh, but there was somebody who was able to attack the great walls of that city and his name is the great I am who showed his people there ain't no wall too thick that is greater than I am. Praise God. You've got the fortified walls of the city and here the fortified walls may make a people feel helpless but there's some components in this happening of scripture. One of them is we may not think we have much but we've got an ear that we can listen to the voice of God. The Bible says that the commander of the Lord's army showed up and revealed himself to Joshua. And we have this account where God has already given Jericho into his hands. Can I tell you something for just a moment? It may look bleak right now, but God has already given us the city. God has already given us the territory. We may not have much. We may not have a wrecking ball. But I tell you what we do have. We've got a march inside of our feet. 
We've got an ear to the voice of God and we've got a march inside of our feet. You know what a march is? A march is just a way of movement, but it's a way of movement to where you're listening to an order and to a higher power. It's an advancement in the same direction with the army that you're a part of. What a lesson in unity right now that alone this may be seen bleak and hard and unable to obtain but when we join together at the body of Christ as the army of the most high God nothing can stop us oh praise God we've got a march in our feet a unified march we may not think we have much but we got a march inside of our feet Woo! And then you can't leave it out. Oh my gosh. You had the command of the ram's horns to be blown. So there we got a march in our feet, an ear to listen to God, and then we've got a praise in our mouth. We got a voice so we can uplift and shout and cry to the Most High God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We march. We got the mission. We've got everything. Oh my goodness, what a great recipe for victory right here. We watch the walls fall down in front of our face. And I love how the word of God puts it. That literally the great city that stood in front of them, they were now walking on it over under their feet. So what was in front of us and attacking us, we're now walking on under our feet. Oh my goodness, what a great story. What a great account of scripture. What I mean, oh, thousands upon thousands of years later, we're going to talk about it. We're going to read it. Even those who are not familiar with the word of God know this account in scripture. But then there's AI. Then there's AI. There's this great triumphant victory. And even word gets out, popularity begins to spread about this great victory at Jericho. But then all of a sudden, right now in front of us, there's AI. Now this is where it comes into play to read scripture as a journey and study the word of God, not just in these single episode mentalities. The people of God have been given commandments of things they were not to take. The Lord had even declared that they were accursed. But there was somebody who had decided to take of the things that the Lord had commanded them not to take. And the Word of God even says that the Lord said it wasn't just cursing their household, but it was cursing Israel. Huh. It was, an, it was a way down of Israel. And, and, and right now, right now, after this great massive win and this great massive victory, you go into the account of Ai. You go into the account of AI. AI represents something here. AI represents, it represents the high points and then the low points. You realize something, God can reveal himself in the high points, 
But God can also reveal himself in the low points as well. And in the times of blessing, in the times of celebration, he will show himself and tell you how great he is. But there's something about the small times. Will you go with me further into the word of God in verse 6 of Joshua chapter 7? It says, so the 3,000 went and about 36 men were struck down. But I want to start at verse 6. It says, so Joshua then tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads, and Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all? To deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Oh Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surrounds us and cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? But I like what the Lord says in verse 10. It says, so the Lord says, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Can I remind you of something that the Word of God entails, that the Word of God talks about? It talks about this faith level. If you read through Scripture, and everywhere Joshua is involved, there's almost like this victorious, undeniable faith. You remember that? You remember the passage of Scripture where spies were sent out into Canaan? Who was one of the ones that says, hey, we can take the land? Yeah, yeah, Joshua was one of the ones who said, hey, guys, you better realize something. God's promised us this territory. We can, I don't care how big the inhabitants of the land look, we can take the land. And God used Joshua to lead his people through multiple miraculous episodes. But then there's AI. So after just a few men had lost their lives, it's like all the faith begins to be drained out of Joshua to an extent that he's like, God, I mean, what's the point in all this? What's the point? I mean, you ever find yourself talking to God about that? Say, God, what's the point in all this? I've believed you, and I've served you, and I've trusted you. I've paid tithes, God. I've sought you. I've gone to church when I should, but yet here I am in this season right here and right now. But it's at that moment where God does something. You know what he does? He reads our mail. God will read our mail and recalibrate us and put us back into the position where we belong. He's telling Joshua, son, why do you have your face buried in the sand? See, it's moments of trouble that shouldn't make us lose the faith. It's moments of trouble saying, God, how do you want to reveal yourself for what we're facing at this very moment? Because truth be told, 
I know you can read this scripture and you can talk about God's wrath, but I want to talk about the fact that God says, I have a desire to reverse this curse that has been placed upon your people. I want to reveal to you in this hour, you do not have to live in the defeat and in the downtroddenness. You don't have to live in the death and being overcome by death. You can have victory. Oh, praise God. You can have victory. Oh, hallelujah. You can have victory in the midst of this. You don't have to worry about the fact that, oh, my gosh, you can, I can kind of slap and put things back into order and back in the way that they belong. Isn't it something how God even uses the valley to speak greatness and pour greatness over us? Isn't it something that even in the midst where we have faced a loss and we have faced a defeat, God still has a great revelation right in front of our face? To where he looks at a man who thinks it's time to put his face in the dirt, God says, get up, boy. Oh, I'll never forget a few years ago when Ohio University had had this crazy a crazy time in the March Madness tournament. And I'll never forget that coach. I can't remember his name. He wasn't very tall. But they were struggling a little bit. I believe it was the Sweet 16 round. And one guy had taken a jab to the eye and the referee didn't catch it. The referee didn't catch it. And the guy got mad and he stood there and he held his face. And I remember that coach wasn't a tall man, was telling that six-foot-eight basketball player who was half his age, jumping up and down, saying, forget it, get to the other side. Oh, my goodness. You ever seen a college basketball player get excited? You will see nobody more excited than a basketball coach. They'll jump three feet in the air, get to the other side. He's telling the guy, buddy, let it go. The other team already has possession of the ball. It's time for you to get over the fact of what the ref missed and get down the other end and play some defense. Joshua, get your face out of the dirt. Hallelujah. Leaders. Can I charge you this morning? Please don't lead with an air of bleakness and brokenness and downtroddenness. Understand this. We humble ourselves before God, but God lifts us up and elevates us. Praise God. He pretty much said, get your face out of the dirt, son. What, you, what are you doing, boy? Come on. Get up. Rub some dirt on it. Move on. Oh, you, you know what I'm talking about this morning. You, you know what I'm... It is so easy to remain in the morning. I mean, you go from a man whose popularity has spread to where now he's ripping his clothes in grief and he is upset, lamenting and crying out to God. Let me tell you, saints of God, episodes can destroy you, but when you begin to believe divinely, there is nothing that's going to give God more glory and adoration than when the world sees somebody who once faced defeat sees victory. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. 
I want to go to another account of Scripture for just a few moments today. It's found, I've very common passage. Matthew chapter 14, starting at verse 22. It says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. The, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So Jesus said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? It's, you know, it's always kind of, it has always kind of been the angle that I have read that there is a hyper-focus on the doubt and lack of faith of Peter. There has, always, there has always been this sense as though we have read this as though it's a failure on the shoulders of Peter. Now, we'll focus on the failure of Peter. However, we forget the fact that when he fell, Jesus was there to pick him up. And see, Jesus, in other words, wasn't saying, well, you failed this one, Peter. He was saying, sir... There is opportunity for you to do the impossible if you believe. There is a possibility for you to do something divine that takes a miraculous move by walking on water. Because frankly, if you read through the Gospels, I immediately, when I look at the book of Acts, I see different accounts of the gospel begin to pop up into my mind of the training and the development that the Lord will take us through at times. Can I be honest with you? It is not fun to have your mail read. Gosh, I felt the call to preach when I was a teenager. Oh my gosh, I felt the call to preach. I mean, I was ready to get on the circuits. I didn't even have my license yet. I was ready to get on the circuits. I was ready to preach every single night of the week. And all of a sudden, my dad said, hold up just a second there, son. We got some developing to do. 
We, we got some crafting that's got to happen here. Whoa, wait a second here. Wait a second here. Because you know what he was telling me? We can have the great structures all we want, but they're worthless if we don't have the foundation. You can build the greatest things, but they're worthless if they have no foundation to stand upon. So he told me before we start uh, printing you business cards before we start uh, doing various things. We got to wait a second here and build upon this foundation. We're ready. We're ready. We're ready to tackle Godzilla. We're ready to take down King Kong. Nothing's going to stop us. We got the call of God on our side. But it's at those moments where Jesus reads our mail and says, Listen, you think you did something cool right here by taking a few steps on water. Now, just see if you believe just a little bit more. What would happen? I tell you what would happen is that the first Holy Ghost filled message was going to be preached out of a man who heard. Jesus said oh you of little faith the man who was going to be used to take the Holy Ghost to the Gentiles was one Jesus at one time said oh you of little faith the one who was going to carry the gospel message and be one of the fathers of the church was one that Jesus looked at and said oh you of little faith Jesus wasn't slapping Peter in the face. He was saying, there is an opportunity here if you believe. Praise God. There's an opportunity right here at our fingertips, saints of God, to where God is not wanting to condemn us. He's wanting to realign us and let us know. See, I believe there's some people in the house who struggle with the fact, thinking they maybe got their faces in the dirt, thinking they're in a time and a place of defeat. Can I encourage you today? Just let Jesus read your mail. We'll see what happens next. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And now, now, there's a flip side. When the Lord begins to cultivate us and craft us and speak to us, it, it starts to flip and then it goes on. You know, he had found out that there were things taken from Jericho that should not have been taken, things that should not have been touched, and they were taken. But I find it interesting that there was a process Joshua had to go through to find, okay, what is going on right now? And finally, he finds where the, as the old preacher used to say, the sin in the camp was. He found where it was. It was revealed to him, and the, the Bible even says Achan kind of spilled the beans. You want to know something? The meaning of the name Achan means troubler. The enemy has troubled some of you for a long time. But when you begin to listen to the voice of God, it will make the enemy humble himself to you. The things we're facing, the things we're facing, it's, 
the dilemmas, the trials, the circumstances, the weight. The enemy would love to make you think it's time to run the other direction. And it's something about spiritual adrenaline. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody, anybody know those AI moments? Any, do I have any women in the house who maybe had one of the worst work days the Monday after women's conference? You know what I'm talking about. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That like, like in my day that you were a teenager and you went to youth camp and you mopped the floor that whole week in the tabernacle, but then all of a sudden you go back to school and go back home and you face the devil. We face the devil. We see things and experience things in a vulnerability outside of the church house, outside of the place of celebration. And the enemy would love to tell you to keep your face in the dirt. But God says, why are you laying down like that? Why are you overwhelmed like that? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? If our praise team would just come.